Section 20 of Talks About Flowers. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Betty B. Talks About Flowers by Mary Decker Welcome. Carnations and Picotees. What is the difference between them? I am told differently by nearly every florist I ask. An old Englishman told me the other day that he used to grow great quantities of them in England, and that the difference between the two is that the picotee has fringed edged leaves, while in the carnation proper the edge of the leaf is smooth like a rose. The question is asked of Mr. Vick, and he thus replies, the carnation and picotee differ only in the arrangement of the color, or markings. The distinction is made by florists, and is of course arbitrary. Seed saved from one plant may produce both carnations and picotee, or even from the same seed pod. In an old work in our possession, the distinction is as stated, but for long years any flower with an irregular edge has been considered unworthy of propagation. The carnation should have broad stripes of color running through from the center to the edge of the petals. The picotee has only a band of color on the edge of each petal. Vick's Magazine Although Mr. Vick here states that the carnation should have broad stripes of color, neither he nor any other florist makes this distinction, but call pure white and pure red carnations just as freely as those that are striped. There are two classes of carnations and thousands of varieties. The class of perpetual bloomers are called monthly and tree carnations. The garden carnations are hardy and can be left in the garden during winter by giving them a covering of leaves, straw, or evergreen boughs. They are easily raised from seed. Sown in June or July will make good robust plants before frost, which will bloom the following summer. Some of them will be single, perhaps, and these can be removed. Those of superior merit may be multiplied by layering. This method is to select good healthy shoots that have not bloomed, and make a cut midway between two joints. First cut halfway through the shoot, then make a slit lengthwise to a joint. Remove the earth a few inches in depth, and press the branch down so that this slit will open, and then cover with the soil. Roots will form where the cut was made, and thus a new plant will be formed, which can be removed in the autumn or spring. Midsummer is the best time to do this, and by adopting this method, good healthy plants are secured. The plant should be well watered a day or two before layering is commenced, and immediately afterward, then only occasionally. They are frequently propagated by cuttings, which can be rooted in wet sand or in light sandy soil. Perpetual bloomers or monthly carnations can be easily obtained of the florists for summer or winter blooming, the former purchased in the spring and the latter in the autumn. If one raises their own stock, it is not best to allow those to bloom much during the summer that are wanted for winter flowering. It is well to sink the pots in a good sunny place in the garden, and when they run up and show signs of bedding, cut back the stalk so that it may become more compact and branchy. Then the buds in the late autumn or winter will be much more numerous. The best for winter blooming are La Purite, Carmine, President de Gras, White, Peerless, White striped with pink, and Peter Henderson, 
of the well-known varieties of those of recent introduction lady emma is said to be excellent one florist says that it is destined to be one of the leading winter blooming carnations from my bed of one thousand plants in the greenhouse throughout december and january last i plucked more blooms than from any other variety occupying the same space it has proved excellent also for a bedding pink its color is a rare shade of crimson scarlet the flower is of medium size full and double and never bursting down the side lord clyde has for three years proved to be an excellent winter bloomer it is of a very robust growth like its parent the edwards sea but of a more dwarf low-flowering habit the groundwork is white thickly striped with carmine and a frequent blotch of maroon very floriferous each stem bearing from six to eight flowerets lydia is another of the recent novelties and is very handsome flowers very large and intensely double of a rich rosy orange color blotched and flecked with carmine crimson king is one of the largest carnations very full bushy habit and robust color crimson scarlet a pure bright scarlet is rare when therefore firebrand a novelty of eighteen eighty was announced as a bright scarlet it produced quite a sensation it is very highly commended by those who have seen it grace wilder princess louise and fred johnson are new hybrid seedlings now offered for the first time to the public there was quite a discussion in the gardener's monthly of last year as to the best pure white carnation in the august number mr e fryer of delaware writes the varieties called peter henderson sent out by nans and nooner i have found to be the best white i have yet grown for winter bloom it is a stronger and better bloomer than de gras its only drawback being that it runs up high like la purite snowden is a true dwarf pure white and if it proves a good winter bloomer will probably supersede all other whites the flower being of fair size and very fragrant box seedling charles sumner i have grown the past winter the flower is of an enormous size but it invariably bursts before opening and is a dull unattractive color waverly i have also grown last winter a splendid variety rich crimson scarlet the color was no way exaggerated as represented in the monthly a year ago produces a fair average of flowers to the plant flowers selling readily at ten cents each i think this the most useful color to the commercial florist i still cling to the old carmen la purite which for quantity of bloom size of flower and general good qualities i think has not been beat by any of the newer varieties for winter bloom mr peter henderson one of the leading florists places snowden above all other white carnations its dwarf habit making it specially desirable florists pinks are more dwarf than the carnations flowers very double clove scented and are various shades of maroon carmen crimson and rose interlaced with white the origin of the florists pink the gardener's chronicle gives the following interesting account of the origin of this class it may be interesting to record the fact published in an old number of the floricultural cabinet that the first pink worthy of notice was raised in the year seventeen seventy two by mr james major who was then gardener to the duchess of lancaster previous to that there were but four sorts and those of very little note being cultivated as only common border flowers mr major 
having saved some seed in seventeen seventy one he reared several plants which blooming the next season one of the number proved to be a double flower with lace petals at which he was agreeably surprised although he considered it as being only in embryo and the prelude to still further advance to be developed at some future period which is now verified by the rapid strides this beautiful flower made in size and quality during the years which followed mr major informed the writer of the foregoing remarks that he made his discovery known to a nurseryman or florist and was offered the sum of ten guineas for the stock of his new pink but acting on the advice of his friends he declined to sell and set to work instead and increased the stock with a view of offering it in sale to the public it was sent out to the public at half a guinea a pair for it has long been a custom of offering pinks in pairs a custom which is continued to this day under the name of major's duchess of lancaster the orders for which amounted to eighty pounds it is recorded that one individual ordered as many as twenty pairs which was considered in those days an unusually large number it would be interesting to have a bloom of duchess of lancaster to compare with the fine double versions of the present day we appear to have come to something like a pause in the matter of pink production as the flowers are now very large and full and the lacing is as perfect as can well be conceived dianthus the word is derived from the greek words dios divine and anthos a flower god's flower or the flower of jove there are several species and many varieties of dianthus dianthus caryophyllus is what is commonly known as the clove pink and from it have been produced the double varieties called carnations and picotees the plant in its wild state is found growing on the south side of the swiss alps at a low altitude where the winters are not severe the common perennial garden pink is dianthus plumarius the old and well-known chinese pink dianthus chinensis is a biennial flowering the first season from seed sown in spring lives during the winter blooms the second year and then dies new and superb varieties have been introduced of late years from japan and dianthus lasaniatus and dianthus hedowigi both single and double make a splendid display and are among the most desirable of our garden flowers dianthus diadematus is of dwarf habit very profuse in blooming and the flowers are of various hues from white to dark maroon and also beautifully marbled and spotted of the recent novelties eastern queen and crimson bell are superb we speak from personal knowledge eastern queen is beautifully marbled the broad bands of rich mauve upon the paler surface of the petals are very striking crimson bell as its name implies is of a rich crimson hue with dark markings very large and finely fringed for early blooming it is well to sow seed as early as april june sowing will secure good hardy plants for the following season when there is a profusion of bloom it is well to remove a portion of the flowers so that the plants may not become exhausted and the seed pods beyond what are desired for ripening ought also to be cut off end of section twenty